0: dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. It never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars and libraries.
1: And it's cool to be
0: a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love me. I don't know that that's special to Delco,
1: except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it.
0: Hello and welcome in to episode 8 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brendan Ricciardi. We are currently getting ready to get started with the 2022 Delco League postseason. We got a couple games this weekend. Some meant something, some certainly did not mean anything, but they all got played. And uh, we have our postseason picture now finally set. We are able to break down some of the matchups. I would also like to give a quick shout out to Aston Middletown Little League. Their 12-year-old team has won the district tournament as well as the sectional tournament. They are headed to the state tournament in Bradford, Pennsylvania. believe the way it works is if they win that, they will get to go to the regional tournament that I think they would get to be on ESPN if they make it far enough in that tournament. I think that's the last stage before Williamsport. So pretty cool to see Delco team representing there as well, and you know, as a media little league alum myself, it's it pains me to try and uh, give them you know the credit that they deserve. But you know, it's at the end of the day, it's Delco baseball now, not media baseball now. So I'm happy for these guys and hope to try and follow along as much as I can. It's it's actually kind of close to uh, to state college where I go to school, but I'm not there currently. So uh, hopefully, there's some type of stream or something that I can try and follow along. All right, we have two interviews coming on this episode as well. We are joined by Chester outfielder Mark Gervasi, as well as Marple Newtown's Tom Carey, who you might also know as the head coach of the Upper Darby High School baseball team. So we're going to get to talk to both of them about just this this inaugural wild card game, and you're really looking forward to to seeing you know the environment there. It's all, for all things considered, it's basically a, a game five of of a long series, or, or game three if you want to put it like that. So. That's going to be Tuesday night at Chester High School, so we'll be joined by them in a little bit, but we'll talk a little bit about the games that have happened since we were last on the air. We had our Friday, Saturday, Sunday slate. Friday night's game between Wayne and Springfield was, it was meaningful for Wayne because home field advantage was still up for grabs. So Wayne has clinched the one seed. They took down Springfield by a score of 11-3. And it was a game where for Springfield, it didn't really mean much. They were, for all intents and purposes, locked into the three seed and just trying to get their guys, their appearances, their reps. I don't think there's anybody on the the border of appearances, but just trying to get their guys, you know, their reps, and knowing that they're going to be off for a couple days, just trying to get some work in. It was a hot one, though, but Cam Mathis was outstanding once again for Wayne. You know, he's really done a good job at transitioning from he was a, a relief pitcher for Villanova this year, and being able to come and and kind of build his workload back up to be a starter has been very impressive. And you know, just from my unbiased perspective, getting to watch every game, you know, he's gotten better and better every game. The velo is getting even higher, and he's going deeper into games, and it's it's really impressive to watch. So he's our likely game one starter for a opponent to be determined, and we'll go down the rest of the standings here. There would have been a game on Saturday between Upper Darby and Wayne. Obviously it happened, but it would have been for the one seed had Wayne lost one of their earlier games in the week. But they went 3-0 from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that Saturday game, it was a very, very entertaining atmosphere at uh, Cardinal O'Hara because there was a 10 o'clock game between Marple Newtown and Upper Darby that once again didn't mean anything. But it's for guys to get their appearances and just to play ball. We're not going to you know, get rid of these games that we don't have to. And then that game, I believe, went four innings in a 9-9 game before the entire Wayne team showed up, and it was getting ready to be time for the second game, so they kind of just called that one. And then Upper Darby took down Wayne by a score three to 2 They Upper Darby threw five pitchers for one inning each. We played five innings because, again, it was really hot. It was a really hot day at O'Hara. Lucky for me, I'm still hurt. I get to just kind of chill in the dugout in the shade and do my thing. But it's it's getting to the point in the season where the conditions are affecting you and you need to stay hydrated. And for afternoon games, especially on the weekends, it's it's really tough. And next year, when Marple Newtown and Devon Prep both have turf, late in the season, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot and you've got to make sure that you're, you're prepared for that. But we also had a, a doubleheader on Saturday that Chester took both games against Aston Valley and that's good for them to get some momentum going into their wild card game Tuesday night with Marple because it's it's been you know it's been a tough season for them overall. They only had five wins on the year going into that. So getting uh, quick math here was at 40 percent of their win total on Saturday is is really a good step for them. We also had a game on Sunday again that didn't really mean all too much. of Springfield and Narberth. Steve Trainer, head coach for Springfield, was also on the mound at some point in that game. I think I saw Andrew Cantwell might have been in center field. Listen, the kids. I'm sure the kids got some range. It's just funny to see him batting leadoff there, getting in the same lineup with the big brother. But Springfield will get to enjoy a couple of days off here before they get started. But I want to talk a little bit before I welcome on Mark and Tom just about my thoughts overall on this wildcard game and kind of what to expect. And I'll address this now that once it comes to... Games that Wayne is involved in, I'm I'm not really going to be giving like predictions or hot takes or anything like that, just because I'm not really trying to give any bulletin board material. You know, all I need is is one guy on a team we're playing to pull this up and be like, hey, like he doesn't, you know, he he's saying something that they can use to to rally, and that's never my intention. I don't need anybody on on any uh, any of my my Wayne guys to be you know blaming me for anything. So. We'll talk a little bit about this game here. So pulling up from the games for the regular season, Marple and Chester have had a couple thrilling games here. Their season series, Chester's won two, Marple's won one, and they've also tied. And one of the games against, um, excuse me, one of the games that was at Chester, Mark Gervaisi, who we'll talk to in a little bit, hit a walk-off grand slam in that game in the bottom of the seventh inning. Just what an unbelievable moment that was early on in the season. And it was a game where it was... 3-2 3-2 to going into the bottom of the 7th, and Gervasi went dead center, first pitch to end the game, and that was still at the point of the season where Marple hadn't won a game yet, so that was a heartbreaker for them. They had 11 one-run losses throughout the year, just almost unfathomable at this point, point. and I think it's why I'm giving them more of a fighting chance than I think others would in this wild card game, so looking at the records, Chester ended the year seven fifteen and two. Marple Newtown ended the year at two eighteen and two. One game playoff, five forty five Tuesday night at Chester, and let's let's look a little bit at the pitching matchup here. We got Alex Cornell from Bloomsburg on the mound for Marple, and we are likely looking at most likely some type of committee, but Ma- Mike Snyder on the mound for Chester. Now, Alex Cornell is a guy who hasn't really thrown all that much for Marple this summer, but he was spectacular in their first win of the year against Aston Valley. He had 12 strikeouts in that game because you've seen it with Major League Baseball that the starting pitcher in a wild card game is huge. I, I go to Penn State, as I mentioned, so I have a lot of friends that are Pirates fans up there, and all they talk about is how they felt the Pirates had better teams in some of the years where they've played in the wildcard game, but they've ran into a better starting pitcher. Madison Bumgarner, Jake Arrieta, just it's in this one game, it's going to come down to that. And from what I've seen from Chester, and we'll talk with Mark a little bit about their pitching, is I, I don't feel like they have like a bona fide ace in the sense of someone that's going to take over this game. It's going to be more of an approach by the staff. So Alex Cornell could be the difference maker here, and especially a one-game playoff like this. Now, both of these teams have a bit of a title drought. 1981, the last time that the Marple Newtown Black Sox won the championship. And Charlie Kress, the name on the current trophy that was eventually donated from the Marple Newtown team. Charlie Kress was the champion of that 1981 Marple Newtown team. That was one of his five championships in this league. But one thing that is even crazier is the last championship that it was won by Chester, was 1917. That's right, World War One was going on the last time that Chester won a championship in this league. Now, I do not know for a fact if Chester was in the league this entire time and hasn't won since then, but what I do know is a team that has the name of Chester has not won in over 105 years. So is this the year? Well, I'm not sure, but what they're going to need is they're going to need to bring the bats that they brought from the regular season because it's not the pitching that they've had in the past. Darian Reagans is playing professional baseball now. He could absolutely dominate last year like he did in the All-Star game, like he did all in the regular season. But the key to this game, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the keys when the guys come on, but for me, the key to this game is going to be clean defense. You have a very nice field at Chester High School. I've said on this show a million times that, you know, I think it might be the, the nicest field in the league. They do a great job at keeping that. I think Dan McShane is mostly in charge of that. I see him working really hard to get that field ready. But these are two teams that are going to really need to have their pitchers backs here because in a game that could potentially be low scoring, that's that's really what it's going to come down to. It's going to be playing smart. And you know, the regular season has a lot of a different feel than the playoffs in that regard. All right. Well, that is pretty much all I have to say here. I, I'm I'm not even sure if I want to make predictions, just because like I I'm not really trying to root for one way or another until you know the Wayne games start coming and and I'm trying to hold that trophy. Yes, once again for the second straight year, take a quick second to toot my own horn. Not with the Upper Darby Blue Sox anymore, but if Wayne were to win the championship this year, just saying, I will be the only person in the league with a running two peat. Now, did I play a single inning? No. But with that being said, I've been to 20 out of 24 games with a broken ankle. Get those, you know, I should make a graphic like I do with everybody else for myself. Like how many graphics I've made, put that in a graphic. Uh, how many game changer uh, scoring decisions I've made. How many live streams, you know, just just get something there. But we'll get into our our first interview here. We're going to talk to Chester outfielder Mark Gervaisi on what it's going to take For the Clippers to win this wild card game in advance to play Springfield. All right, we are now joined by Chester outfielder Mark Gervaisi. An alumni of the University of the Sciences. Mark, appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Thanks for doing this.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, man, anytime. Now, you and the rest of the Chester Clippers are getting set to take on the Marple Newtown Black Sox on Tuesday night in the inaugural wildcard game. So how are
1: you guys feeling going into this one? Feeling good. We are uh, fortunate enough to, to crank out two wins on Saturday. Um, and I think, you know, being in this league too, it's a, it's a bit of a war of attrition. You, you need a lot of commitment and you know, a deep pitching staff to, to really compete night in and night out. Um, you know, I, I think I would speak for Marple too. I think you kind of squint at both our rosters. Um, I feel pretty good that, that we have a, a good nine in there that if everybody shows up, everybody competes, we can win games, compete with anybody in this league. Uh, I played Marple a few times this year, I kind of saw the same thing. You know, so some of the guys that you know, playing on Springfield the past few years, uh, some of the names that are, are familiar to me, whether it's uh, Nexorelli or Castalis, Carey, uh, Woodcock, a lot of those guys, um, you know, they, they, I think they've kind of had been bit by the same kind of inconsistency bug as we have. Um, but I, I know they have a good nine in there as well. Uh, we played them a few times this year, uh, each game's been pretty close and hard fought wouldn't expect this game to, to be any different and uh, really kind of hoping, you know, the, the best nine for both could kind of come out and, you know, show that we might be the bottom two teams in this league uh, record wise, but, you know, competitively, I think we could, we could hang with anybody and, uh, you know, show a, uh, put a good showing up for sure.
0: You know, I got to say, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of the, uh, the new wild card game edition because I feel like it kind of, you know, it adds a, it adds some suspense. And I feel like it also, I don't know. I kind of just keeps everyone involved for the whole season, you
1: know? Absolutely. You know, it, it's a long year. Um, I, I think in, in the Delco League, we've been fortunate, uh, especially in, in recent years, that it's a deep league and that there are six or seven teams now. You know, every team, we kind of win on every given night and uh, you kind of want to reward teams, you know, r- record or not to, to be able to have a chance to kind of go in the playoffs and make some noise. And, you know, again, I think, like I said, that even the top teams in this league, we played them tight. We've won a couple games, I think, against, you know, whether it be Upper Derby or Springfield, i played Wayne tight a few times. Uh, so and I feel good going into to, to any game that on any given day we can win. You know, I think Marple would feel the same way. And uh, like you said, you know, those one-game series, it's intense. It's it's in your face. Uh, you, you've seen it in the major league playoffs before. Um, it's definitely allowed teams to, to play longer into the season. And, um, you know, hopefully we can kind of bring a lot of intensity to the Elko League game on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and you see with a lot of these wild card games that a lot of it comes down to the starting pitching. So do you guys have kind of like a set plan for this game or just kind of a little Johnny Hull staff action? I
1: think it's going to be a whole committee. Um, Mike Snyder from Westchester's pitched really well for us this year. Um, I'd let, I'm assuming he's going to throw Shane Benedict, so I'm throwing some really good innings for us. I, I would end up uh, dicking Nick Knowles as well. Uh, I would assume between those three, we're going to piece it together. Um, you know, it might might be a little bit of ride in the hot hand, but it, it's a one-game series. You can't leave any stone unturned. Um, if somebody's hot, you got to leave them in. If somebody's you know struggling a little, you might have to go to a guy who might not be expected to pitch for a few days. But, you know, it's like you said, it, it's a one-game him out knockout heavyweight fight there. So you got to throw everyone you can to, to give yourself a chance.
0: Yeah, you know, it really is survive in advance at this point. Now, if you don't mind, would you be able to talk a little bit for those who haven't really been keeping up with you guys this year, just about some of the guys that have been some of your top performers this year and who you're expecting
1: to have big roles? Sure. Like I, I think the three names I just mentioned on the pitching staff, Mike Schneider, uh, Shane Benedict, Nick Knowles, uh, have been some really good arms for us this year. Um, we were fortunate enough to, to get a few guys eligible at the end of the season here. Jared Sprague-Lott came over from Richmond, um, showed up a lot, was really committed after uh, he stopped playing in the Cape Cod League. Um, Eric Lubman from University of Delaware has had a really good year for us. Um, We've we got a couple older veterans like Pat Warrington and Bobby Williams and Dre Solomon, who, who have given us a lot of productivity at the plate. Um, Dre's given us a, a lot of innings in the middle infield. Um, and you know, I think we got a, a decent blend of younger, more dynamic player and some older veterans. And you know, I think if everybody shows up, we, we get our nine there. You know, I feel confident that we could hang with anybody in this league.
0: Yeah, I remember after we played you guys, uh, one of the games, I think it was one of the games at Chester, and McShane was talking to you guys saying, like, hey, like, once, you know, the postseason comes around and everybody's here, you know, we're going to be a tough team to beat. So do you feel like, you know, is this really like one of the first times that you're going to have every single
1: guy that you can count on there? We have not. Um, we've definitely had a better nine than some other nights for, for sure. Um, I think we have a lot of guys who were just made the eligibility list. Um, again it's been a little unfortunate we've had some guys kind of with varying work schedules playing in other leagues kind of the usual summer grind but you know i think everyone kind of w- was notified to make it a priority of these are when the playoffs are going to be get yourself eligible and, and get yourself there um, you know i think that the longer the season's gone you can kind of squint and see who the nine will be when everybody shows up i um, really hopeful you know, more hopeful and excited that it'll everybody will kind of be able to get out in the field at the same time. But you know, I think once we do get that top nine out there, um, it, it is going to be a team that that's been tougher to beat than we have been on a lot of nights during the regular season here.
0: All right, in order for you guys to win this game and advance to take on our former team, that's right, everybody, 2020 teammates with the Springfield Colonials. What needs to happen?
1: Just got to play smart baseball, um, make the plays in the field. I think that there's there's been a lot of games. We beat ourselves, um, you know, and myself included in that. I I try to tell people all the time. You know, especially in bigger moments, you don't have to be Superman. You just have to be yourself. everybody makes the share plays, um, you know, you pitchers throw strikes, guys don't give away outs. We um, have good sound at bats. Um, I think we're a deep enough lineup where somebody's going to have a night for us on any given night. And uh, the, the pitching, the defense will, will take care of itself. And I think that's the, the recipe for success. When we played on Saturday, uh, we had a group of guys who, who just made smart baseball plays. And I think Aston might have been missing some guys, too. But uh, we didn't give away outs like I think we have in some previous games. And that does go a long way. Um, I think, you know, you know as well as as any league, any, any playoff series in this league, um, pitching and defense or so it's so overstated, but um, you know, at the same time, it can't be stated enough pitching and defense are so important. You can't give the other team outs and you got to throw strikes. So if, if you do that, you give yourself a chance. Um, and I think you know, just, just kind of taking the, the year in as a whole, the, the games where we have played smart baseball are generally the games where we've won.
0: All right. Last thing, while I have you here, I actually did talk a little bit about the Philadelphia fire and beat baseball uh, a couple of weeks back when that tournament happened So can you talk a little bit about your involvement with them and, you know, kind of what your role is?
1: Yeah, so uh, the Blind Sports Organization, I was was asked by a family friend who who knew I played college baseball to kind of help on a couple of years ago, just because I might have some connections in the area to to kind of help get them situated with facilities for for various sporting events. Um, And and besides that, you know, taking notes at meetings and and things along those lines. But, you know, the kind of the mission of the Blind Sports Organization is, is generally just to bring... Uh, various sporting events to visually impaired athletes in the Philadelphia area. Uh, beat baseball is our our main summer sport. Goal balls and other sport that that's uh, kind of our big thing in the winter. We're, we're looking to add a couple more sporting events to to the year to go around. But um, in in terms of beat baseball, it's been a, a lot of and there's different levels of it. Um, try to incorporate as many people and get it, as many athletes involved as possible but the the philly fire b baseball in, in particular is our our regional team they play uh and usually a handful of regional tournaments uh throughout the year and i think i believe it's this week in a network they're uh, going down to texas to play in the national world series um they won their second consecutive regional championship uh the beast of the east a couple of weeks ago um, we're, we're pretty excited to see um how, how they're going to do on the national circuit. Uh, Indianapolis has kind of traditionally been the, the best team out there the past few years. Uh, I saw them play once and they are incredible to watch um, you know, for, for any, for any baseball players, listening to the podcast. B uh, baseball is a, a modified version of baseball for, for visually impaired people. They rely a lot on sound field, et cetera. But I think showing up to those games and you know, Brendan, you showed up last week and you're seeing some really good athletes play. It's really competitive. Um, you know, I think we have one player on our team who was uh, trained for the, the Paralympic, 100-meter uh, dash for the United States. He was probably faster than anybody athlete I've ever seen on a field before. And um, you know, I, th- I think it's a pretty cool thing. It's pretty cool to see our athletes be able to, to get a platform, be able to go out and, and play and compete. And uh, we're, we're really excited to, to have the Philly Fire beat baseball team progressed over the past few years. And uh, you know, I think hopefully the goal one day down the road here is to take a national trophy home. And uh, you know, we're optimistic. We're, we're trending more towards that direction.
0: Yeah, it's really a shame I'm still banged up because I really wanted to try it. I know they were letting people in between games kind of test it out and see what it's like. But uh, it seems like it's really good for uh, keeping that uh, keeping that swing path level.
1: Absolutely. You got a less fragile ego than me. I wasn't going up there and swinging missing 15 times in front of people. But one day I'll give it a shot when no one's around to watch. Yeah, if I wanted to strike out
0: in front of a bunch of people, I'd just play in a Delco League game. All right, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. And looking forward to this game, and uh, hopefully we'll get to uh, get to talk to you again after this one. I'll be down there watching, and uh, good luck.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Brian. I'll talk to you. All right,
0: thanks again to Mark Gervaisi for joining the program here today. You know, a good friend of mine, uh, he's, a, he's a great hitter in this league, not too many switch hitters in this league as well. Can hit for power from both sides of the plate, so looking forward to seeing what he can do here with that being said we got our double feature interview here so let's not waste any time and get into the second interview of the day with marple newtown's tom carey Joining us now on the show is Marple Newtown Black Sox veteran Tom Carey. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, Doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, looking forward to the playoff game tomorrow. Uh, should be a competitive game and um, you know, be fun to get out there and play in a do or die game um, you know, down at Chester.
0: Yeah, glad to have you on. Now you and the rest of the Black Sox will be taking on Chester in what I believe is the first wild card game, at least you know, first wild card game in a little bit. So, how are you guys feeling going into this one?
2: Uh, pretty good, yeah. Um, you know, uh, we uh, we're coming off of uh, winning a few games this week, and uh, you know, even though the season uh, was a little rough at times, um, you know, we uh, kind of have you know. Uh, some good mojo going in so uh, looking to uh, you know keep the the positive uh, momentum going into the game and um, you know just try to play some quality baseball I'm I'm sure it'll be a tight game and um, you know it'll probably uh, be a fun game to watch for anybody that goes down and watches the game too.
0: Yeah I was actually able to stop over and see the game where you guys beat Aston for the first one I think Monday or Tuesday maybe last week so like how important is it For you guys to kind of get this momentum rolling going into this game
2: yeah it's definitely important you know uh we want to try to finish strong here and um you know uh just you know put together a a, a good uh a a good competitive game going in here and um you know uh when you're playing quality baseball down the stretch it's always good to take that into the playoffs and uh you know just got to get out there and hit the ball a little bit and, and make the good plays. And, um, you know, the thing that we struggled with was like finishing games this year. So uh, we were able to do that this week and hopefully we can uh, continue to do that, you know, and in, going into Tuesday.
0: Yeah. When I was doing my, my prep for the show, I remember talking in the Wayne dugout and someone had said you guys had lost 11 one run games. I didn't check the exact number, but did you guys feel like at some point that you guys were like cursed?
2: Oh, man. Wow. I you know, I know it's it's been a lot of one run game losses. I did not uh, go back and look. I probably was going to go back and look at some point. But uh, yeah, sometimes the you know, a one run loss where, uh, you know, you either blow it late or you're that close to winning it, maybe coming from behind, whatever it might be it feels worse than even getting blown out by, you know, double digit runs. Um, so, and we've had 11 games like that. And that, so almost half of our, uh, our games this year, cause it's only a 24 game schedule, uh, you know, have, have been 11, 11, run, run, 11, one run losses. So um, yeah, that's uh, you know, we, we, you know, if we could finish games, our record could have been much better. We could have avoided the, the playing game, but you know uh, we're here now. And so, uh, you know, we got to, do our best to to go out and play hard and and get a W tomorrow.
0: Now for anyone who is listening to this right now that might not have really been following you guys much this year, can you talk a little bit about who some of your, you know, like biggest performers have been and who you're kind of counting on to step up in this one?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Alex Cornell should be getting the start tomorrow. And uh, he pitches at Bloomsburg. I went to, went to Carroll uh, he was the guy that threw that in that Aston game and uh, he went eight strong innings. and uh, you know he he only had one bad inning. I, I shouldn't even say it was a bad inning uh, where they scored three runs. the rest of the game, they didn't score a run at all. and uh, you know, in that inning, it was just like there was a lot of fluke things that happened, and there was really only like one real hit and um, they just managed to get some base runners on in some goofy ways and uh, so he he threw a really quality game that day, so, um, you know he should definitely, um, you know, give us a good shot to win the game, and uh, you know um, we got some other pitchers. Uh, Steve De Stefano, I went to college with him, and uh, he at Ursinus College, and um, you know he, he did a very good job in the double header against Narberth. He actually threw, I think he threw ten innings that day. It might not have been ten full innings, but um, because we we did lose both ends of that double header on walk off. Hits and uh, he threw like the last like two or two and some change innings in that game, and then he threw like into extra innings in the second game, too. Or maybe it wasn't extra, innings it might have just been the seventh inning. I um, my memory might not be right, but he did throw almost those full 10 innings, and uh, he he has been good over the years. Uh, you know, he's thrown a lot of big games for us in playoff games, uh, dating back to like 2019, 2018. Um, and uh, so you know. Steve should, should be there to help out. And, uh, you know, going up the middle of the infield, uh, we got um, Colin Myers. He's from St. Joe's. He's our shortstop. He's been, he's played a great shortstop all year. Um, and CJ Castalis. he's been on, on the team for almost as long as I have. And uh, he's another veteran too, that, uh, you know, has done a great job this year. He's contributed with a lot of hits and uh, a lot of key hits to get runs in and um, been very productive that way. So, um, yeah. So, you know, uh, those are some of the key guys that will be, you know, uh, there to you know help us compete with Chester in this one game wild card. So it should be a fun game.
0: Now, this season, I've been I've been injured, but I've been working and eventually we'll get back to playing for Wayne. And one guy I noticed when we played you guys was Nick Sorelli because that dude can swing it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sorelli's definitely uh, another key player, too. Uh, he's been playing a lot of outfield know, um, I definitely should have mentioned him probably first, uh, you know, he's, he's had multiple home runs, uh, hits, hits for a lot of power. Um, and, uh, you know, he's had a, a very interesting career, you know, like he's uh, been with us um, here and there. And like, he's definitely been with us a lot this year. Um, you know, he did take a couple of years off, but he was with us like three years ago. And, um, you know, he's, he really uh, hits the crap out of the ball, uh, you know, always gives a very good professional at that. And, uh, you know, he, he can really uh, hit the ball pretty far. Like he hit a ball at, at Springfield. I think it was in-the-park home run because there's no fence there. And it ended up rolling up that hill, like behind the trees in left field. And um, it's definitely one of the longest balls I've ever seen hit at that field. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one guy I wanted to ask you about, I'm not sure if he's planning on throwing uh, in this round or in the postseason, is Chris Cipito because you have a guy who was your player during the high school season as your coach, and now during the Douglick season, you're his teammates. So, what's that like?
2: Yeah, um, it's definitely uh, pretty interesting. It's not the first time that's happened. Uh, I've been coaching at Upper Darby in some type of fashion uh, for like five years. I haven't been the head coach for all five years, but started out as like an assistant for a couple of years, and then been the head coach for the last two or three years. And uh, I don't know if people count the pandemic year or not, but that was my first season. Um, but uh, yeah, there's another player on the team that's a teammate as well. He was his name's Alec Manzi. He's an Upper Darby graduate as well, and uh, he graduated in 2018. He's been playing with us since then too, and uh, that was my first year coaching and teaching at Upper Darby. And uh, so having Zoop out is uh, is definitely pretty cool. Um, you know, he's he's still a rising senior, so a lot of those guys that are at that age they still play a lot of travel ball. So that's kept him from being out as often as, you know, we would have liked obviously, but, um, you know, uh, he was out for a good stretch. He did pitch in, I think he only actually made one pitching appearance um, and uh, it was against Upper Darby. He did pretty well in that game. He threw three innings, had a few strikeouts. Oh, you know, he actually had a second appearance against Wayne too. So were you at that game?
0: I was at that game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you threw well that game too. And, you know, I think you had like a, I could be wrong, might've been like 11 strikeouts and uh in seven plus innings. I think you guys ended up walking it off on a sack fly um, in the bottom of the eighth. And uh, Wells hit a, hit a pretty big bomb off of them. Uh, I remember him and Wells talking and Wells was like, I don't even know how I got to that ball because it was like a foot outside, but you know, Wells is, is just a beast and uh, hits a lot of homers. So, um, but yeah. And, uh, you know, looking forward to having Zoot back next year for his senior year. And, uh, you know, we definitely would have liked to have him pitch, you know, in this in this playing game and in the playoffs and stuff. But he's he's heading to Arizona um, and uh, I think he's heading to Arizona tomorrow. So he couldn't stick around for the game. And uh, he's playing in a tournament down there for uh, like four or five days. So, you know, it, that, that's just like what happens with the kids that are rising seniors. A lot of them play in those travel tournaments and stuff. So, um, you know, travel ball does get in the way a lot for those kids. And, um, but, you know, definitely looking forward to try to get them out full time next year. And uh, it should definitely make them a better player, like heading into playing at NC state, like, you know, playing against like current and current college players, ex pros, ex ex college players too. So, you know, Delta league is obviously very good competition. So.
0: All right, last thing I got for you here before I let you go. In order for the Marple Newtown Black Sox to win this game and move on to play Springfield, what needs to happen?
2: Uh, you know, we're going to have to produce runs. You know, um, you know, you know we're just going to have to find ways to get guys in. So, you know, like if that means bunting guys over, you know, uh, hitting sack flies, uh, you know, just playing good baseball, getting runners over, you know, to third base, you know, be getting them in, the, in a position to score, um, that's definitely important. And, uh, you know, we have to work good counts, put the ball in play. And uh, we're definitely gonna have to pitch well too, you know, uh, cause Chester is definitely going to bring out a good pitcher I can imagine. Um, and uh, you know, usually Chester puts together uh, a very competitive playoff roster um, even though at times like, you know, like they may not do so great during the regular season. Uh, they still have like a lot of players they bring in that are pretty solid. That might not be there all the time. And, so I'm, I'm expecting them to have still have a very solid playoff roster. So um, it should be a solid game. And, um, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to not, like, be a, a lot of fireworks, a lot of scoring runs necessarily on either side because I'm expecting both teams to, to have good pitching performances. So um, should be, you know, whenever that happens in a playoff game, it's usually a fun competitive game to watch. So.
0: Well, I'm going to do my best to try and limp my way over there. I will see how I'm feeling, but yeah, you know, best of luck and uh, hopefully catch up with you guys after the game.
2: Nice. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it.
0: All right, thank you again to Tom Carey as well as Mark Gervaisi for coming on the show today to talk a little bit about this wild card game. We've got a bunch of interviews planned throughout the week. We also have two coming for Aston Valley and Narberth and as well as a recap of this wild card game coming on Wednesday morning. So, appreciate everybody taking the time to check in and we will keep you updated throughout the postseason. Brendan Ricciardi, this is Delco Baseball Now. We'll see you next time.